Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode three of our 2021 24-minute recaps here on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, at Dime Dropper Pod. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and, of course, to follow us on Spotify. And, of course, subscribe on YouTube. So... Let's get into it. Let's start with the first game. I'm sorry, the most recent game, the Clips, my Clips, getting a victory over the Nuggets. A big, I don't want to say it's full revenge because you can't fully avenge a 3-1 playoff exit in a regular season game, but shit, we had a point to prove. Me as a fan, I wanted to see us kick their ass, and that's exactly what we kind of did from from the first minute of the game. Once again, coming out with intensity on the defensive end, communicating as a team, and all playing in sync. One of the main things I've already noticed with Ty Lue, huge difference from Glenn Rivers already. He wants us to push the pace. He wants us to get out and run. And that is exactly what we did. I don't even remember us having like many fast breaks at all last season under Cock Rivers. So for us to see... For, for me to see the team getting out and running and talking on defense. And, you know, we did turn it off for a second later in that. Was it late? I don't know if it was late in the third. Late in the third, going into the fourth, we started to turn off, take our foot off the gas a bit. And it started concerning me. But I love the looks we were getting all night. I mean, the clips were just scorching hot from three. And you know what I say? I don't like when teams take too many threes. But we were taking the right threes tonight it's all about taking the right threes and we kept moving the basketball moving without the basketball I mean how many times have we seen Kawhi high pick and roll with Zubats like we did and everyone's standing around like we saw last year over and over I don't remember us even having to even seeing that one time we are mixing in a whole bunch of different things sometimes we go with PG in the post Kawhi in the post we do some pick and rolls we do some dribble handoffs I mean There's so much more variety of the offense right now. I know it's early, but you can already see the clear differences. The timeouts that Ty Lue calls immediately, like when things start to get bad, unlike Glenn Rivers, who I hated his refusal to call timeouts. He would let it get too too late in the game, thinking he was on some Phil Jackson shit, you know, thinking he was on some Phil Jackson stuff, let them figure it out and shit, and actually calling timeouts because he understands, you know, this team does not know how to figure it out yet. They need to be instructed. They need to be directed. And that's exactly what Ty Lue did on many occasions tonight. And I thought Kennard was really good as well coming off the bench. Another thing I've noticed with Ty Lue, he's limiting Lou Williams a little bit. He only played 24 minutes tonight, 8 points. And honestly, that's a good thing that Lou is going to start getting limited as the season goes on. I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if we trade him just because of the defensive liability that he is. But Lou Kennard is already showing me he is much better than Shamit. I mean, his ability to create, I actually really, every time he shoots the ball, I actually love it. I, I think it's going in. Right now, he comes off. He can actually create and pick and roll. Once again, making some good reads, making some good passes. 
And Paul George was just so smooth again tonight. He is making me look the fool right now. But once again, I never said that I didn't think Paul George could play well in the regular season. It's all about the playoffs. So right now, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. He's playing with confidence. He's playing with a bounce in his step. And when PG is playing like that, he's one of the best players in the NBA. And he's also playing great defense. And I love to see that. Fighting over screens, making life tough for Jamal Murray. Let's talk about Jamal Murray, who, who you know, handed was give you know, Handing it out to everybody in the glorified summer league. What was he doing tonight? Let's look at his stat line because he was ass against Sacramento too. Let's see. Okay, I mean, he, he ended up with not a terrible stat line. 9 of 20 on 23 points. But you all saw the game. That all came late in the game when the game was basically already out of sight. And, you know, they did make a push. Jokic, he played all right. But once again, not having Montrader down there, we're not getting destroyed by Jokic anymore. We actually have, you know, some a big that can actually guard. So seeing Zoo for his couple minutes and then Ibaka, who was once again just absolutely fantastic. The way he spreads the floor, his shot making has been fantastic. Again, another 15-point night for Serge. Six of nine from the field. So he's averaging 15 points a game right now, and I couldn't be more happy with him on both ends. He got some good blocks towards the end of the game, but the late in the game, when the Nuggets were making that run, my favorite part of what Serge did was he, Paul George and him ran a pick and roll after Kawhi got hurt. So Kawhi was playing really, really solid as well. I love seeing him go to, once again, Kawhi Leonard. He's been Kawhi Leonard so far. No quit. And I think Kawhi and the rest of the squad, they look fired up, man. They really do look fired up so far. But once again, we were 2-0 last season. So Clipper fans, let's not get too excited here. We were 2-0 last season on two nationally televised games in front of everybody. Everybody was sucking us off, talking about how we were the best team in the league. And then we ended up blowing a 3-1 lead. So we didn't win that third game last season. I don't even know what our third game is right now. So... You know, on to the next one, trying to go on a 3-0, just building good habits, building chemistry, building camaraderie is the most important thing. And Kawhi was really solid tonight, man. I love watching Kawhi work in that mid-post area. You know, a lot of people think that it's boring, but that's called Gen Z bot, you know, can't appreciate what real good basketball looks like. Um, Kawhi with his mid-post fades, I know Laker fans might get offended, but he does remind me of Kobe sometimes with those over-the-right-shoulder turnaround fades in the mid-post. It's just beautiful to watch, and you know, prayers up to Kawhi, who got a nice shot to the mouth there. You know, he was bleeding like crazy. Uh, I think he's gonna be fine. I heard he's getting stitches right now. You know, the dude's a tough ass motherfucker, and so I hope he's okay. But once again, good win, doing all the right things. A little too much Reggie Jackson again for my liking. Um, but Tyloo again, I think he deserves the game ball. Just. It's so evident, the changes in this Clipper team, the pace, the intensity on both ends of the court, the movement, everything. So, credit Ty Lu. My player of the game was actually, I haven't even mentioned him yet, my player of the game was Nick Batum tonight. I mean, what an absolute bargain this looks like so far. You know, do I think that he's going to sustain this level of play? Probably not. But not only is he knocking down his open shots, he's versatile, he can switch on to multiple players like we saw against the Lakers the other night. And he's playing, you know, playing good defense on everybody. His length, his passing, his IQ, he's making good passes. Nick Batum was my player of the game tonight. Let me just review his stat line before we move on to the Lakers. 13 points, 10 rebounds, and 4 assists on 5 of 8 from the field and 2 of 5 from 3. That's 40%. And then, also, Pat Bev needs to stay out of foul trouble. He's starting to make casual fans look right with this constant, unnecessary reaching. So he needs to figure that out. Zubots with 12 points off the bench doing his Zubots thing. And then Paul George, 23 points, 
very efficient yet again. 8 of 14 and 5 of 9 from 3. And he didn't take any real bad shot that I had a problem with at all. So I couldn't be more happy with PG. Kawhi was actually the exact same. 8 of 14, 2 of 4 from 3. He finished with 21. So the Clips off to a good start with 2 and 0. Now we wouldn't. Now we move on to the Lakers. The Lakers today, I mean, if you're a Laker fan, that was picture perfect in terms of especially the offense. You know, they bounced back with some fire, and it was it was LeBron and AD setting the tone. And you know what? We like to make excuses. Once again, I talk about on Dime Dropper blaming the other guys. I know you need others to be big to win the championship, but if your top two players aren't doing their part, you're never going to win games, and it all starts on the top. And we saw that AD and LeBron didn't take opening night very seriously, but tonight they bounced back like great players do. So we're not trying to go down, lose two games in a row. And AD was aggressive, fantastic tonight, I thought. LeBron was setting the tone. Way too many turnovers, though, for LeBron at certain points of the game. But he pulled out. When LeBron's hitting contested jumpers like he was today, I mean, there's not much you can do about him. He had one nice, really nice turnaround. You like, And once again, I'll give LeBron credit when he pulls off some skilled moves because a lot of his points are really just bully ball and then kind of taking the jumpers that the defense is willing to give. But LeBron hitting a nice turnaround over Luka was a really nice part of the game for the Lakers. Uh, other than that, though, Dennis Schroeder, again, I mean, am I surprised? No, he was my pick to win sixth man of the year last year. You know, Schroeder, I heard a lot of people that really, once again, guys, don't trust these random people talking. Trust your own eyes. If you watch the games, I watched Dennis Schroeder play last season with Oklahoma City, and when I watched him play, he was always getting into guys, always putting pressure on the ball, and always making sure... You know, just making life tough on people. And not only that, you know what he does offensively. His shooting has improved tremendously. He takes people off the dribble. He was a great uh, spark plug for the Lakers today. Uh, he finished with 18 points and 6 assists on 7 of 11 from the field. And only 25 minutes of play to do that too. So, absolutely fantastic. LeBron, 22 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, 4 turnovers. I did see that airballed free throw. But um, I know we have a lot of sensitive people in this chat and sensitive Dime Dropper listeners now that, you know, get sad when almighty LeBron does anything funny, and that was fucking hilarious, miss, missing a free throw. I mean, it's not that windy in Los Angeles right now. Anyway, oh, I also, just because I have to be a good sport about this, Montrader had a really good game tonight, too. You know, I was getting a little pissed off when he was hitting those jumpers because he doesn't hit those consistently. Here's the funny part, though. You like, I see Laker fans going crazy. He didn't have that with the Clippers. Guys, he's made mid-range jumpers before during certain games when he's feeling it. Can he do it consistently? That will be the question. But Montrez is, Montrader is a great finisher. He was very active today doing his thing. He had a good game. He finished with 22 points, 7 boards on 10 of 13. Extremely efficient. 2 of 5 from the line. That's one thing Laker fans are going to get annoyed with, as I used to all the time, was his free throws. But, oh, yeah, so I see a comment right here. Let's talk about Marcus Saul for a second. You know, this guy used to – I always said to people when they ask who's the most annoying player your Clippers played against, I always used to say Marcus Saul. When he was on the Grizzlies, he used to torch us all the time. But, man, that dude, he looks washed. I mean, whether it be pick and roll, whether it be protecting the rim, whether it be offensively, I mean, Marcus Saul is – Right now, a bit of a concern for the Lakers. It's a little early. He has a high basketball IQ, but he doesn't look athletic or fit enough to do the things that he used to do. Now, once again, it's still two games, but, you know, there's going to be times where... And, and and here's the thing. The Mavs were picking on that pick and roll with Montrader a lot tonight, and they were scoring a lot. But I think that the Mavs are, especially without Porzingis, they're very one-dimensional. It's very just Luka high pick and roll and just give certain guys th open threes, and eventually they chuck themselves out of the game, and that's exactly what they did tonight. 
Josh Richardson, I thought, though, was really good. But overall, the Lakers responded really well on Caruso hitting some open threes. I mean, if Caruso can hit open threes, that's when you know that it's going to be some problems for other teams with the Lakers because Caruso is not only a great defender, but when he can hit open threes, shit, we got some problems. So AD, AD finished with, apologies, AD, Jesus Christ, AD finished with 28 points, 8 boards, 5 assists. And then uh, Kuzma had some good minutes off the bench as well. 13 points and 6 boards on 5 of 11. But again, Caruso, 2 of 2. 2 of 2 from 3, 6 points, plus 10. And then Marky Morris hit some big threes as well. 9 points. LeBron made some really nice passes to him as well. He's done a good job, LeBron, of really keeping Marky Morris in rhythm. So, Lakers bouncing back like you want to see. Mavs going 0-2. They're going to need Porzingis back quick because teams have figured them out a little bit. Let's go to the game that I thought was going to be the best one of the night. Two of our teams on Dime Dropper in action, the Celtics and the Nets. It was a really solid first half. Kyrie was attacking, and not only the attacking, defensively, Kyrie Irving. You know, he is playing with a real fire this season, and I'm actually really loving it. You know, I've grilled Kyrie Irving several times on this on this show since I started doing it, but... This guy is playing with a point to prove this season. And not only that, I mean, he's buying in. It's And here's the thing about Kyrie. Kyrie Irving, when he is the leader, he often tends to do too much. But when Kyrie trusts another guy on his team, the way he trusted LeBron and now how he's trusting uh, Kevin Durant, he seems to just be unbelievable. I mean, he trusts his guys. And the Nets just looked amazing. I mean, what more can you say about them? Especially the defensive end. I mean, that is just the most important, impressive part to me. And it's not Mike D'Antoni offense where one guy holds the ball constantly. This is a Steve Nash offense. This is, you know, swinging the ball, getting different kinds of looks. Kyrie's going ISO some plays. Then KD's going ISO some plays. Then they're running, getting points off their defense. Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan have been really solid. I think the Nets, they were just rolling on all cylinders. But let's talk about the Celtics real quick. The Celtics, obviously missing Kemba Walker big time right now. Tyson and Tristan Thompson did not have the games that they did the other night against Milwaukee, especially TT, who missed some really easy chippies around the basket, which he was making the other night. And here's the thing. Tristan Thompson can get away with guarding Giannis. He cannot get away with guarding Kevin Durant. And in that second half, and by the way, um, Jalen Brown was fantastic in the first half. I thought he was really solid. And Jason Tatum was solid in the first half. But in that second half, Kevin Durant, and I made a tweet too at Funny at halftime. I was like, he needs to assert himself. And that is exactly what he did. Assert himself in every way, literally cooking Tristan Thompson like there was no tomorrow. Off the dribble pull-ups, pull-up threes, pull-up mid-ranges, getting to the rim, stopping on a dime. I mean, KD was in his full bag. And, I mean, when he's doing that, he is one of, if not arguably, the best player in the NBA. Obviously, as I said, I'm not giving him that crown till the playoffs. But he is in that conversation like he was before he got injured. Make no mistakes. And Kyrie Irving had a point to prove to his former ball club tonight. As for the Celtics, the second that they, you know, KD started getting off and the, and the Nets started clamping down on defense. And, by the way, this was actually a very, you know, loosely officiated game, which I actually enjoyed. This was the most loosely, offici- loosely officiated game of the night, and the Celtics, yeah, they could not, they, when, when, when Jalen would go out, it was literally just Tatum out there, and the Nets would just kind of 
load up and shrink the floor and make sure Tatum kicked to his shooters. And guys like Ojale, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart was the only one that was hitting a little bit. But for the most part, the Celtics just didn't have those secondary ball handlers and creators, you know, without Kemba. So when Jalen came out, they would struggle because it was just him out there that could really create. And same goes for Tatum. And the Nets, on the other hand, have guys like Karis LeVert who came in and once again played very solid. The only concern for the Nets, there's only one for me, and that is Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, that's another game for him. Only six shots, only six points. It comes to the point where is he willing to buy in and do this all year? Because the Nets look fantastic right now. But this is all about what we talk about with players' egos. As we talked about, is the, has the NBA gotten better? Spencer Dinwiddie, will he be willing to buy into this? Because this is not the same. This is a guy that came off averaging 20 points a game last year. And if he's willing to buy in and take such, you know, stats going to go down the drain and help them, you know, get to the where they want to be, more power to him. But shit, you know how these players are when they're not, you know, feeling the love. So Kevin Durant, 29 points in 33 minutes, 9 of 16, was absolutely fantastic again. Kyrie Irving, even better, 37 points, 13 of 21 from the field, 7 of 10 from 3, and 6 boards and 8 assists to go along with it. One turnover. I mean, Kyrie Irving this season so far, it has been just phenomenal. I have no, not enough to say about him. Kevin Durant, great defense as well, but... Yeah, the Celtics, they're going to be fine. They're going to need Kemba back. It's going to be tough without Kemba. I think it was disappointing how, you know, much they collapsed. But once again, it's the East. They're going to have some easier games along uh, along the road. So Jalen Brown off to an amazing start this season. Another great game from him. 27 points, 11 of 25. He did slow down in the second half. The Nets did a great job defensively switching. And you know what? When we talk about the Nets defense, it's not, I want to be a little more specific. You know, switching the right pick and rolls and then playing the right pick and roll straight up. I mean, once again, that just comes down to your coverages, knowing your game plan. Steve Nash clearly knew what he was doing. They switched the right things. They did the right things. The Celtics only got 25 points off the bench, and that ain't going to do it at all. Marcus Smart was the only person outside of Tatum and Jalen that finished in double figures. He had 13 points, but he was 4 of 12. As for the Nets, Karis LeVert had 10 points off the bench as well. So there we go. And now we go to Golden State and Milwaukee. My goodness. I mean, Milwaukee played great. There's not much to say about them. I'm just going to read you the box one from Milwaukee because what we really want to talk about is the Warriors as they're one of the teams we're covering this season. Giannis again, though, not very good at all. I mean, he was playing great defense, and I love the way he competes on a nightly basis. That's part of why he's won MVP the last two years, because bro just tries harder than everybody else. But 15 points, 4 of 14, and 7 of 15 from the line? It's not looking like the guys improved much. Chris Middleton, though, who's been, in my opinion, the best player so far these first two games for the Bucks, 10 of 15, 6 of 8 from 3. The dude was literally hitting classic Chris Middleton, contested threes just off the catch. You know, even pull up off the dribble. He's not the best in terms of creating a lot of space or being shifty or quick or athletic but man that standstill just walk into that jumper Chris Middleton is fantastic one of the best in the league and he's looking like so far in route to being an easy all-star again for the third straight year 31 points he's been fantastic DiVincenzo again in double figures with 13 Drew Holiday with 12 and again with Drew Holiday it's like now that he's on a team that's going to be right up in the standings he, the media has no excuse not to make him first-team all-defense. I mean, it's, it's a joke at this point not having him first-team all-defense. 
As for the Warriors, same exact thing we saw against the Nets. Teams are going to do everything they can to get the ball out of Curry's hands, to make life tough for Curry, sending two at him, sending three at him, trapping him on pick and roll, shrinking the floor. And I think to an extent, Steph needs to understand that he can't play so off ball without, I mean, without Draymond is one thing. I mean, without Clay is one thing, but without Draymond and Clay, he cannot be playing so off ball and trust these other guys because these other guys just aren't very good. He needs to be a little bit more ball dominant. But that being said, that being said, even with, even with the ball dominance or lack of it, coming, you know, off the ball, Andrew Wiggins, once again, Andrew Wiggins has been an absolute joke. I know he was a little bit better, you know, as the game went on today. But once again, what does this guy offer? You know, he can't make open threes. You know, he misses driving to the basket. He doesn't play. He gets faked out on defense, blown by. I mean, this dude is a disaster so far. Absolute disaster. You know, 6 of 18, 12 points. And, you know, another guy who I thought was going to be their second best scorer, more reliable is Kelly Oubre, who's just been absolute dog shit so far. He's going to be okay. I think Kelly will come good. But this has been pathetic from him. Holy fucking shit. Yo, thumbs up if y'all can hear me in the chat. But absolutely ridiculous from Kelly Oubre, for one. Just terrible so far. But Steph Curry needs to be a little bit, a little bit, more on ball. He can't just play off ball so much with this team because right now, here's the thing. People are getting getting really tough on Steph right now. Steph, let's look at his stat line again. 6 of 17, 2 of 10, only 19 points. Wiseman, though. The only bright spot I can say about the Warriors is Wiseman. He may make a rookie of the year type push. Guy can shoot. He has pretty solid touch. Good activity. But Steph and Curry, man, I'm not going to get on Steph Curry like that. Because I think, you know, he's been out for a while. you got to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. He's adjusting to playing with a new team. And so he needs to be a little bit more ball-dominant, assertive. Can't just pass the ball and run around as much with this team because they just don't have the creation. They don't have the threats to take the attention off of him. So, Steph Curry, I'm not going to berate him. Like, I saw so many people on social media were going at him today. It's like, guys, it's only been two games. They've had a really tough schedule. Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee on the road. Let's, let's reserve judgment a bit. Next game against Chicago, no excuse. They need to get off to a win because if they lose that game, then the confidence is going to be really low. Questions are going to start to come up in the locker room. And it may not be the playoff season that I predicted for the Warriors. I said they're going to finish seventh. Well, it's looking in jeopardy. And Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins have to step it the fuck up. Absolutely. Anyway, let's finish off. Only got a minute and a half left before we go live with the comments. So the Pelicans heat game was pretty good. The Pelicans' defense was not as sharp as I saw it the other night against Toronto. You know, Jimmy Butler, I hope he's okay. He got injured not to go out at halftime. But it was more of a good response from Miami from losing to that first game against Orlando. I thought Bam was really solid. I thought Goran Dragic was so smooth in that pick and roll, especially coming off that right-to-left curl with Bam. You know, he was creating so many good shots. Duncan Robinson was just splash. I mean, that guy's... We got to talk about him as one of the best three-point shooters in the league because he's really in that conversation now. But yeah, I thought Bledsoe was poor, even though he was really solid the other night. Steven Adams, actually, I think he's a, I'm not a huge Steven Adams fan, but I think he's, he was a really good solid addition for this team. He played really well the other night, and he actually had some good moments of some nice little jump hooks and nice little finishes around the rim today. But once again, it wasn't enough to beat a very solid Miami Heat team, the defending Eastern Conference champions. 
Ingram, 28 points, 7 to 17. I thought he was really good. Zion was really good too. 32 and 14 on 11 to 20. Very efficient, really strong, all around the rim, getting to the line and being the beast and strong guy that he is. But at the same time, you're gonna be a little, it's gonna need a little bit more, especially defensively, with with uh with a team like the Miami Heat. And 111-98, the final score for Miami. Duncan Robinson, 23 points, 7 of 13 from three. I mean, that's incredible field goal percentage. Bam, 17 points. Oh, also, loved what I saw from Avery Bradley. Chasing JJ Baby Dick off screens all night long. He had 12 points on 4 of 7 from the field. Literally hounding that man. JJ did not have a game. Goran Dragic, by the way, 18 points, 9 assists, and 4 steals on 6 of 11. JJ, 1 of 7. Not the game we saw in Toronto the other night. Or in Tampa the other night. So 1-1 one one for the Pels. 1-1 one one for the Heat. Those were our Christmas games. None of them were that good in my opinion. Pretty underwhelming, so to speak. But that's all I got to say for the recap. Clippers 2-0, just how we like it. Nets 2-0. Warriors in trouble. Lakers bounce back. And we go on to our next game. So, upcoming episodes. I will be releasing the final part of Has the NBA Gotten Better? Part 3, Zone Defense and the Media Machine. That is going to be the best part of them all. And I will be releasing a 2020 year in review, a little bit less of a basketball podcast, more of a just a reflection of the year for me and one of my good friends who is a very entertaining guy. We'll talk a little basketball, talk a bit of life, talk about the year that has been 2020. Until then, see you later. Make sure to subscribe. Tell me what you think of this episode. Peace.